Welcome to Daddy Square episode 5. You are Alex Magan. I am, and you are Jan Dekel. Hi. Hi. Yeah. We're back to smooth jazz. <laughs> this is uh, Daddy Square for those who just joined us for the first time. Welcome. This is a podcast for gay dads or prospective gay dads. Yeah. Uh, each week we talk about a certain issue and bring on a, a specific guest who's by, you know, coincidence, also a gay dad. <laughs> it's not a coincidence. We plan it that way. <laughs> uh, today we're going to talk about gay single dads. And I take my head off to single dads. I take my head off to single dads. I don't know how they do it. I don't know. I, I have to say that it's it's it shocks me because I think about what well, I don't want to think about. I don't want to think about what that would be like. But before we go into the subject, I have I have sub subjects. Can yeah. I discuss one or two of them very quickly? Mm. The first thing is um, I have been asked by my my best friend Karen um, why the cover photo that we've done for the podcast oh, uh, the has me in a suit and tie with uh, a martini in my hand when. A, I never wear a suit and tie uh, anywhere, uh, and uh, B, I have—I don't think I've ever even tasted a martini. But the answer is, it's a picture. It's staged. It's supposed to sort of set a certain kind of tone and feel. But yeah, it's all it's lies, lies. I tell you. <laughs> so yes, now that I've admitted that, uh, we can move on. <laughs> uh, so uh, we're gonna talk to Kelvin Fleming, who is a gay single dad who also has a business. Uh, we talked to him about uh, his kids and time management and also about dating, which is, I don't know why, I have this stupid instinct to uh, to match people who are single. Or is that, a, I didn't know that you were one of those. I really never knew that about I, yeah, you. I have, this have you had idea, success? Um, it's not, I, I, know, I don't necessarily do that but like you just want to do it i want to do it i see i don't know if it's presumptions of me but uh but i feel like you know they have to everyone has to have a that's right everyone needs a, a to relationship and i'm like why 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 is it good like maybe somebody doesn't want to have a relationship and be by themselves that's good too maybe absolutely um but um but uh, if anyone hears this and wants to date Kev- <laughs> oh, Kelvin, God. please uh, email me at hello at daddysqr.com. I'm sure he'll be so thrilled <laughs> to hear that. You know, uh, one of the takeaways that I, uh, it was during this interview that it occurred to me. No, it was actually while listening to this interview, which was one of our earlier ones. Yes. Uh, we have not done these um, episodes in order. Um, is It just hit me how... Uh, one of the challenges of this podcast is finding things about gay parenting and being gay while parenting that are different from the straights. It's yeah. it's funny because every time I think like, well, yeah, but this this one, ah, this is different. Ah, this is going to set us apart. They start talking and I'm like, okay, so that just it's sounds like every sitcom I've ever heard and every story I've ever heard from a straight friend of mine. Um, and... Uh, you know, I, I I really think that we're going to have to delve deeper to find some of the stuff that's so gay because yeah. most of it is just the same story. And also, um, this interview was recorded at our home. We yes. brought Calvin here yes. because we didn't have a babysitter and we had our friend David say, uh, right. watching our kids in the other room. And by it coincidence, again. 
it happens now again. Mm. So if you hear my, our kids in the background uh, during this episode. So basically what you're telling is telling me is that Calvin has an effect on our child care of <laughs> keeping it away from us. So hmm. uh, contact us at hello at daddysqr.com or on Twitter at Yanir Deco and um, or on Facebook at Daddy Square. Um, and you know that, that Alex, we received a few emails this week. What we get? People say that they love the podcast and really we I, I find the time to answer anybody in person. Yeah. Um, you go to their homes and knock on their doors and say, I'm here to answer your email. I reply to every email. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> um, and um, so, and this one came with a question and I, I wanted to kind of, uh, you know, go over it because it's kind of related to one of our earlier, earlier episodes about dead bod. Um, and this is a question from a prospective dad who says, uh, once we have children, are we pretty much set to give up working out and going out? Mm. Most of our gay friends, while many happily and long-term coupled, do not have plans to have children. Are we inevitably going to drift either because our lifestyle no longer align or because as parents you simply lose all time socialize mm. likewise with the gym between feeding sleeping burping and tantrums along with the rest of life how will you ever find the time to work out anymore the burping and tantrums that he's talking about are the children not i assume himself but because that continues regardless look um i think it's a whole episode and we're gonna do one it's a whole episode about friends. About friends. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to the dad bod aspect, uh, at least from my perspective, in a second. But um, yes, uh, that is an episode, and we are going to do it, and we're going to do it with uh, one of my close friends and some others, uh, if he'll allow it. But it will probably be a tough episode because it's a tough subject. What happens with friends? Um, you know, who don't have kids, who don't have kids when you introduce kids into your life. Uh, as far as the working out part is concerned, um, oh, there's absolutely no doubt that it's going to be harder. I mean, we talked about that in the episode. Um, so much, you know, uh, gets into your life. And one of the things we didn't talk about in the episode when it comes to food that I've noticed is that when you focus on feeding your children, it's harder to focus on feeding yourself. And so what happens is that during a given meal, when you're focusing on what the kid is going to eat, you may not even notice the garbage that you've just shoveled into your own face um, because you are busy focusing on them. So anyway, the point is, I do think that all of it is harder, um, but I also think that... Um, it's not impossible. It's though. not impossible, and I think we've done a decent job. We and have not I think the reason, apart. by the way, that we did it, and uh, uh, that's what I would say is that, um, is that we both know that, for example, going to the gym is very important to us. Yeah. So we knew that this, is ha this has to be in the schedule, and we planned ahead. So we knew that... If I want to go uh, to the gym and it has to be in the morning, so Alex will take care of the kids uh, from this hour to this hour, um, and I will go and vice versa. Um, and this is how it actually worked. I mean, planning ahead and scheduling a routine, definitely going to uh, solve many of these problems. Um, and of course, watching what you shove into your mouth. Yeah. And also, you can plan that ahead. So. Um, just plan what your dinner is going to be, 
um, just because you don't have time to actually think about it in the moment, um, I would plan everything everything ahead and maybe that will save at least some of it. No Not doubt. a friendship though. The friendship is a whole different story. Yes. Um, so write to us at hello at daddysqr.com or on Twitter at Yanir Dekel or on Facebook at Daddy Square. Um, and, and I think we're ready for the interview with Calvin. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Okay, let's start. Um, your, let's start with uh, how you describe yourself on, on Facebook because <laughs> I really, really liked it. Oh, what does it say? <laughs> now I'm trying he to says, remember how I did. How I describe <laughs> myself. Uh, single gay dads with two kids with two boys who teach me something new every day and put everything in perspective wow yes is yeah. that what, what did you learn today what did I learn? <laughs> yeah, that's a good question <laughs> what did I learn today um, I'm usually worried because I was I'm out of town on a business trip so I was mm-hmm. worried that you know how would the kids react to me leaving because sometimes it's um, clinging on to my leg, Dad, Poppy, Poppy, please don't go. <laughs> right. And they today call you Poppy? They, yeah, they call me oh, Poppy. Okay. And so, and today it was, um, yeah, whatever. Okay, <laughs> <bye>. <laughs> How old are your kids? <laughs> They're seven and almost nine. Wow. Yeah, and that's actually, that was one of the things we were talking about right before I left. So they were more concerned about figure, about Minecraft. He's totally, my oldest is totally into Minecraft. His birthday is September 27th. And so I had printed out a bunch of things for his birthday party about what we should do for like a Minecraft themed birthday oh, party. Wow. So he was more concerned about me giving him the password so he can play Minecraft. So Understood. That, was <laughs> that is critical. <laughs> okay. Um, oh, but we have to go back to and start from the beginning. Why, why did you decide to have kids on your own? Can I just As point out, have we actually asked him to say what his name is on here? Isn't that hi, something hi. we're supposed to do? Hola. We're oh, really professional. <laughs> <laughs> Some guy comes into our house. He's recording. We don't know his name. I'm Calvin. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you, Calvin. <laughs> Alex and right Jan. In the, into the thing. We did. All right, now go so, back to and Calvin has, has Calvin is a single dad, and this is why you're here, basically. Um, so why, you why guys are looking you? for single dads. That's yeah, yeah. So we're trying to collect them up. <laughs> <laughs> why did you decide to have kids on your own? Well, um, I it's actually not that complicated. I was I was getting closer to turning 40 and, you know, I'd been in long term relationships before. I had been in a relationship that was on and off close to 12 years and time had passed. And I was, you know, getting to that age where it's like, I'm going to have kids or I'm not. Mm-hmm. And I need to jump in or not. And I was, um, so I, you know, it was in the back of my mind, but at the same time, I didn't think first, I didn't think I could have kids as a gay man. Mm. And then I learned that it was possible. And then the second thing I learned was it's actually possible to do it as a single person, <laughs> which was news to me. Right. And, um, and then, yeah, I just ended up at a, at a place where it was um, a networking event and I was helping my friend who was doing his own video series that I was helping to him produce. And the whole topic that he wanted to do interviews for was on um, gay parenting. And oh, was wow. at, coincidentally, it wasn't far from here. It was at the Fred Siegel of all oh. places. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> of course. And Alec Moffa was there with his husband and their kids. And um, you want to put yeah, in a plug for this thing? What was sure. this? It was for, was it Family Equality Council maybe? Okay. It was I actually by meant the, the LA LGBT Center, but there was also a lot of other nonprofits there that were that were um, kind of trying to recruit new resource parents as well as other 
ways to do it. And then the and then later on, maybe a couple months later, I heard about the LA LGBT Center hosting um, a whole like ways to plan your family. So I actually looked into surrogacy. Um, I think the first one I went to was, you know, I think we all naturally would be curious about what our own biological children would look like. So I was like, well, let me go see how realistic <laughs> surrogacy would be. And uh, financially, it wasn't it wasn't something I could even consider. <laughs> so I was like, let me see some other opportunities. And actually, the more I thought about it, the more um, the foster um, adopt made sense to me. It just mm -hmm. made sense because um, there were so many kids in the foster care system. Right. Like even in L.A. County alone, here in Los Angeles, right. there's you know nearly 20,000 that are currently. Really? Yes. <laughs> that is that ages, what, 17 and younger? Is that when they I count mean, up that I think it's, that maybe it's up to 18, but that, okay. yeah, at any point in time, wow. I, I want to say it's 20,000. Maybe we should double check that if you want to put it in writing yep. but yeah at any given time there's yeah i mean either way it's still a huge number yeah. so mm -hmm. yeah i learned more about it and they um i ended up working with a foster adoption agency called extraordinary families okay and you go through the foster adopt parenting you have to get certified so you have as a to foster, foster uh first if, d d right so they do they used to do it separately but now they do it where you um, get certified as a foster parent as well as an adoptive parent at the same time okay so um you get certified and that's a process and you could mm -hmm. do it as quickly or as slowly as you want. And um, and yeah, I, I actually started the classes and I didn't tell anyone, like not even like my closest <laughs> friends or my family, because I didn't want to be pressured into it. I was like, okay, this will give me a chance to think about it to see what realistically what it, what it actually yeah. entails. Um, and yeah, and you slowly figure it out. Well, so now uh, help me out with this uh, certification. What? what are you learning what are they <laughs> i mean because you know we didn't get we got no we we did surrogacy we got nothing <laughs> they basically handed us children and that's not true we had two classes we had to go to at night at the what? hospital when we were in the hospital oh yeah that, that were like basically don't don't shake the kids which granted is a yeah. good advice but other than that we you know they just gave us our kids and said <laughs> good luck. congratulations so what what uh, what does it entail what is this certification about no it's a great question my sister asked would ask me all the time what are they teaching you there what are you teaching because she has uh, four kids. I have three nephews mm -hmm. and a niece, and uh, I told I would I, I would tell her, um, I'm pretty much learning that you're you've been doing it wrong this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. Yeah. laughs> Which you know, it's not. It, they they pretty much just prepare you for um, what the kids have gone through, and just to make sure oh, that see. you're prepared to handle what potential situations can come up. And yes, there are unique situations because they are foster kids. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they also apply to every, like biological children too. Right. Um, so because I mean, obviously, most of the kids, all of the kids, have been through major transitions in the foster care system. Right. Mm -hmm. So they just want to make sure that um, you're equipped with the right tools and the right resources. Because that's the thing. Yes, they've been through a lot, but you also find out that you know we had through the um, agency Extraordinary Families, they would hook us up with. A therapist that came to our house you know mm -hmm. once a week actually we started with twice a week eventually went down to once a week twice a week where they would come and they would you know we do play therapy with the kids that's amazing right. yeah cool. so they just teach you yeah there's gonna be challenges but every family has challenges it's just a matter of figuring out mm -hmm. you know how to navigate those those challenges and figure it out Wow. for, for how long the therapist came well, we actually did, we continued to work with the Children's Institute and mm -hmm. they have programs for 
foster adopt kids that mm -hmm. we just kind of we actually were seeing them through July, but we just moved. So I need to look okay. for a new one. I mean, we just through a huge transition <laughs> uh, yeah. with a new house, yeah. new school district. So yeah, that's that's the next step. I need to find new doctors. And and how old were your kids when when they became your kids? Sure, they moved in with me when they were three and a half. Are and they five. brothers? They're oh. biological brothers. And three and a half and five. You three said? and a half and five, uh -huh. and they're now seven and almost nine. Wow. So yeah, it's actually at that point where my youngest has pretty much been with me longer than he's been with his bio family, right. which it's like, <gasps> <laughs> right. is that the biggest thing? But it's an open adoption. I was very like, cause they grew up with their two older sisters and I didn't, you know, I wanted them to continue to see them even after the court told us we didn't have to. Cause at the beginning we had to continue to do visitations. Right. So, but I got to know the bio family and um, trusted them like it's, an older um, aunt that takes care of the the daughters and she mm -hmm. actually has become a friend when I was just back this weekend she invited um, they were coming closer to where we live and so I was like stop by see the new place and so the the boys wanted to show their sisters their new rooms and everything and we'd already so, done a video so chat, they but... kept so they kept two and and gave for adoption too yes because she also had three daughters of her own wow wow exactly <laughs> so yeah and that that was actually one of the things i was like a lot of times bio family in the adoptive world is seen as you know bad but they're not always bad like there's a lot of um biological families that you know have good intentions but they know that they know what boundaries they need to set for themselves right and i think that financial was one boundaries, it's yeah. financial yeah. and just realistic because right. <laughs> that, yeah. that's a big responsibility but yeah when i met the older aunt who was taking care of the sisters, it actually scared me because I was like, oh my gosh, is she gonna want to adopt the kids too? So I just right. flat out asked her right. during one of the visitations, I was like, my intentions to adopt them, like, did you wanna try to adopt the boys too? And she honestly told me, she was like, my husband really does. Mm -hmm. And of course my heart sank, but then she said, but guess who would be taking care of them? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> she would right. be taking care of them right. and she yeah. knew that they didn't have like the space because they were in a small home mm -hmm. or the resources. So, wow. So yeah. So she was like, you know, I see that they're doing well with you. So, you know, we're happy as long as you guys have an open adoption, which is my choice. Wait, what does so, it mean exactly? Open adoption? an open adoption. Yeah. After the adoption finalized in June of 2016, it's really up to the adoptive parents, whether or not you continue the relationships with bio family. Because oh. before that, when they were still foster, there was like, you know, court orders that said that I needed to go take them to visitations, <laughs> take them yeah. to visitations like every other weekend or mm -hmm. um, right uh, once a month. Kind of like slowed down as mm -hmm. as the process kind mm -hmm. of went on. Would they? Would your kids be disappointed if they weren't seeing their sisters uh, relatively often every oh, now and then? Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're close. Or yes, once once you start feeling. <laughs> yeah. Like they're, I mean, it just pulls at your heartstrings. Right. I mean, they would cry for their sisters wow. more than they would cry for anyone else, Got like it. including their, their bio mom. I mean, they still cry for their bio mom once in a while, but they definitely miss their sisters. And you can just see, I mean, if you think about, um, without going into detail, what they've experienced, you know, those were the bonds that right. uh, yeah. are really... You do want to keep them together. Sure, so. sure, understood, yeah. I, I think that I, I want to kind of tackle the what I see as the, the, the biggest challenge for single gay dads, which is dating. 
Can can I ask you a little bit about that? <laughs> I don't know how long. <laughs> it might be a quick conversation. <laughs> so, do you have details? Time? Spare, spare no details. No, I wish. Yeah, I wish there was more to talk about. But um, <laughs> no, there was a point where um, I did consider, you know, opening myself up to dating. Maybe after a year, because you, know, I mean, you guys are parents. You know how yeah. it goes. It's like that's who why has I'm asking. time to even think about right. that. Exactly. But after um, I think the adoption was finalized, I started, you know, opening myself up to it. And I think I went on OkCupid or Match or one of those sites and um, went on a couple of dates. But it wasn't it was also like I think I don't know. I don't know if I mentioned this. I always tell people I was like, you get the guys that are like, I don't know, maybe they're just curious. (laughs) So they'll like chat you up. Right. Yeah. And and then you end up talking about the kids more. And I'm like, wait, which one of them? <laughs> right, <laughs> right. I don't know who I am. Um, and then you get the guys that are super cool that I have kids. And that's, you know, they, they want, they're ready. They're, you know, telling you how they already have Disneyland annual passes. And <laughs> that they're ready to. <laughs> so this is like a partridge family week. situation. You're going right. to get married. And instead of having two kids, you'll now have four or 12 right. or whatever. Exactly. Right. Okay, so yeah, those don't. Is, that's not a good path. It's not a good path. <laughs> or no, I mean, it's also. I also tell people you have to be willing to even submit to like um, a background check, like a criminal <laughs> right. background check. Like you don't know, like the kind of guys. You know, exactly. I can assume that yeah. they're fine, but they can also be Andrew Cunanan. Like, right. oh wow. <laughs> the, yeah. do, do you ever tired of people asking you that? Because I feel like maybe it's even a little. This is becoming also a pressure. Like to have a partner because you have kids, so I feel like that may be also something that could be. I think I think he's asking: Is it presumptuous of us to even be uh, asking it as if that's something that you should and, have? Yeah. When certainly that's not what we intend in asking the question. But do you right. ever feel pressured by other people, like by your family? You, you yeah. got to have a relationship because you know. I how. mean, I think before that there was always pressure. I mean, it's it's interesting just being around my. Now that I've moved closer to my family, just being around mm-hmm. them, I think I'm starting to hear some of that. But at the same time, they also, I don't know, it's its different. I don't know. Hmm. You And your family live near near you? Yeah, in the Central Valley. So, Okay, but you're just moving away so from I just moved. Yeah, I literally moved three weeks ago. Wow. So I bought a bigger place. They're in good schools. Right. Um, but that was family a, support. Was that a helpful thing having your family nearby when when your kids were so small at the beginning? No, they're now nearby. Oh, now they're before they weren't. Um, One of my children is trying to break in, <laughs> trying to no, I think break into the room. Nice. I see the reflection oh, well, of the dog. Okay, sorry. Yeah, this is first, a very professional. The first, <laughs> the first year, I um, actually had help from a nanny. Um, and actually, the, I shouldn't just say the first year, all three years. Right. The first, I'm only, we've, they've been, the boys have been with me for three and a half years now. So yeah, the first, um, the first, actually the first, I would say eight months, I didn't have a nanny. And then I was like, why didn't I? And then yeah. I got a nanny and, and now, um, we just left. So now yep. my mom's helping a lot more. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you and you're looking for one? Do you kind of like possibly? The, mm-hmm. It's a whole other conversation. <laughs> um, whole other conversation. So, so you're saying no, no dating, like, <laughs> basically. So back to no, dating. we're not. No dating. Dating. We're trying to set you up. I'm open. Uh, <laughs> I am open to it, but I definitely do. It. I I have been. I proceed cautiously. Right. Right, right. now, I'm actually happy being single. 
-hmm. But then you also think, at least when I was living in L.A., it's also just a matter of logistics because there's so much. Right. With the kids, I'm like, okay, right. is going on this date with this guy that I don't know that well that we kind of chatted on OK Cupid worth paying the nanny right. four hours for? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I can yeah. meet you yeah. on the corner. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. Or is it a coffee date over lunch right. when the kids are in school? Right. <laughs> I could I, tell you the other thing that I do find more joy in is meeting other single gay dads. Okay. Because uh, there are like a group of us that, you know, do exist okay. <laughs> <laughs> that are out there in the world and it was funny because even the past couple of years we've been going to rainbow family camp mm -hmm. um up it's just past um they do it like twice a year now and it's just in these cabins up um near on your way to big bear oh wow but it's really cool Sounds you guys like should go you should take the yeah if you guys no it's not real <laughs> camping there's cabins they actually oh. make you food you're not Is there that's, internet? that's still his <laughs> idea <laughs> of camping if it's not the lobby of the four seasons it's camping for him <laughs> But, but it's, okay. it's, I mean, it's great. I mean, it's not just great. Um, and so at the last one, there were like probably five single gay dads there. Um, yeah. But it's just good to like have wow. something in common with other but guys. But it's not, but... it's not a gay dad only. No, type. it's okay. all, yeah, it was just okay. a coincidence that, you know, several of us happen to be single gay dads. Oh, that's cool. Do you have any kind of a group like that? On, there's on there's some on Facebook. Yeah, there's okay. a few on Facebook. Oh, that's um, great. Where people will chat or are, um, husband shopping <laughs> right sure <laughs> no it's funny because I, yeah. I i would also join on facebook the uh, um just single dad groups that don't say that they're gay but <laughs> i stop i unsubscribe to all of them because most of them are single straight guys that are um just venting about how pissed off they are about their ex-wives and how they have to pay child support <laughs> oh yeah that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't sound like a good time no not at all no <laughs> So I, I have to say that, you know, when Jan first mentioned this as a topic, and not you yet, but the topic, the first thing that jumped to my head is that I was going to grab whoever it was by the lapels and say, how? How did you do? How do you do it? Because, you know, we, we are two. We're, we're on a meltdown on, on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, we, I mean, and it's been three years. Almost, yeah. So, right. Two it's weeks been almost three years, years. And we we uh, we do not handle this all that smoothly, to be honest <laughs> with you. I mean, children are, thank God, knock wood, alive and well. Uh, but, you know, it's it's um, it's. It's brutal. When I speak to other parents and I get past the initial bullshit layer, they say to me, yeah, it's pretty, pretty hard. It's wow, oh my God, you know, sometimes there's crying. And then I hear about somebody like you. It's hard, I don't and, lie. It's but hard. I don't understand. <laughs> and he works, I mean. I yeah, do work for myself, so it makes it a little easier. What um, kind so of work do you do? my schedule is flexible. I do PR and marketing. Oh, okay. So, um, so yeah, it's easier because I can, especially with the going back to foster adopt, the foster yeah. adopt process, it, it does take time just because you do have a lot of, <laughs> you do have a lot of um, meetings with social workers or even uh -huh. with therapists. So you have to be flexible. I'm like, I don't yeah. understand how people with full-time jobs can just jump in and out at, at a whim. Yeah. Um, but that makes it a little easier. Right. Um, and I've had help. Um, 
Yeah, I, I had a nanny who would do, I always say the hard work, because your kids aren't in school yet. No. <laughs> but but she would actually pick them up from school. That's the hard sure. work? Yeah, because, no, the homework, the homework. Oh, the homework. <laughs> <laughs> the homework. Oh, our children aren't going to do that. <laughs> I never did We mine. teach them now. Yeah. Listen, your homework's going to be they, this. You're going to they, do this. They, they memorize ABBA songs. They're covered. <laughs> They're good. Yeah, my, my son's into... Um, Michael Jackson and Elvis Presley right now. Sweet. <laughs> Every time we get in the car, Bobby, can you put on the Wait, Elvis the Presley Wait, the kids CD? got culture. <laughs> well, we went yeah. to Nashville Pride. I work with Nissan, and so we went to Nashville Pride. Right. Because uh, they sponsored um, they sponsored the event, and so we took a little side trip to Graceland. And so we oh. totally fell in love with Elvis Presley. I want to go to Graceland. Yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> so so what's your, how's your day look like, speaking of? What does my day know? look like? Okay, well, I had to pre-plan because I was – I'm on yeah. a technically on a business trip the next few days. Um, so we get up at around 6.30. Um, at their new school, they actually will eat breakfast at school, which I found to be a lot better because it makes them hurry. Like they're excited to get to school to have breakfast there because they're starving. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Okay. First note, starve the children <laughs> in the morning. <laughs> starve yeah. children. Good. Or they'll eat and then we'll go. So they'll have two, bre yeah. two breakfasts. Right. Two breakfasts. Yeah. <laughs> And um, if, if they've been good and, I, and my bicycle tire didn't blow out, we now live where we can actually ride our bikes to school. So wow. that's a new, you always try to find things that are going, you could take away. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a new one. <laughs> riding your bikes to school, they love that. So right. I'm like, oh, if you guys aren't listening, we're not riding our bikes to school. Oh, so we ride our bikes to school. Riding and then, down yeah. things that you can take <laughs> And then they're um, in school from like eight until three. And then they go to an after um school program that goes until I usually pick them up around five right and then we'll have dinner at like five thirty six, and then they'll play or finish homework usually finish homework and then um they'll want dinner again because they're growing boys <laughs> like mm -hmm. at about seven and then and you and you make the dinner yes I'll make the dinner or my mom's been living with us oh, she's right. going through health yeah, issues so helping. she moved in with us oh. and um and yeah so so basically from five, when you pick them up, you're the slave, just like us. <laughs> I don't consider myself, okay, I'm a slave. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, am I your servant? I always tell them, servant. am I your servant? And they'll be, yes. Yeah. Can you please? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, oh, they say, can you services. please? How nice. Um, yeah, I find, I find that from the moment that our nanny leaves at five until the next morning when she comes, including the night, I'm the service. <laughs> You know, the yeah, morning you know. for us is not bad. We like the morning, or I like the morning. The evening is really hard for us. You know, getting them to bed is really rough. Yeah. Yes, yes. I have one that will pass out, like, right after we read bedtime stories at 7.30. He'll yeah. usually fall asleep during bedtime stories. My oldest one wants to stay awake, and, mm -hmm. like, as long as I let him. And But I know that they're cranky the next morning, so usually I'll, I've been letting them stay up a little bit later if they're reading. Got it. Or Are they interested in sports? Um, yes and no. So they're kind of opposites. It's like my oldest wants to play. Like he was in soccer in Little League, and but he's like he's. I describe him more like me, not coordinated. But he wants to be there. I didn't want to be there. He wants to be on the team. He just wants that camaraderie. And my youngest is super athletic, super strong. He's a little guy, but super fast. And mm -hmm. he just has upper body strength like you wouldn't believe, but doesn't want to play. Like, oh, that's he's funny. He's too shy and too like, but if he, if you catch him like, you know, hitting the ball or whatever, people will be like, 
what the heck? Why isn't he like on the team? And right. I'm like, he doesn't want to. I'm not going to force wow. him. So I always think about like what happens if my kids, I mean, it's starting now that they want to play sports and, you know, I didn't. So what, what do you do in this situation? What do you think? Well, our first nanny, Tony, God bless him. Oh, he was super him. athletic. He used to teach um, Little League, like he was Little League coach. Wow. So um, he would go and take them to the park. And I was like, okay, you're going to teach all three of us? Like, <laughs> really? I was like, I don't know how to play baseball. That well. <laughs> and so he was great in terms of mentoring them. Note, um, <laughs> have a straight person. <laughs> yeah, you got to have a straight. <laughs> yeah. Get yourself a straight. All right. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, he actually, he, he's been great. Like we can, even after he moved on and is no longer a nanny, he's still been a friend to our family and he still comes and helps out. We, he actually mm -hmm. even recruited his dad to help us because um, they're both in the Cub Scouts. So they built the Pinewood Derby. You know, you make the little race cars and you they oh, race yeah. them down the track. Sure. So his dad used to do that for him. Oh, and man. so his dad was like, oh, I'll totally help them build because I don't know how to do anything in the wood shop because you have <laughs> to actually, they give you a yeah. block. Yeah, and you have to carve and you have it to out. Carve it out. With yeah, like I remember. <laughs> like you will be stuff. able to do that. Right? I will be able to yeah, do good. that. I have. I it's can bring hard, that. Though. I can bring that to the table. That's like all I have to. All offer. the dads take it so seriously. It's like yeah. super competitive. Yeah. And the past two years, um, Angel's gotten first place in his little division, wow, <laughs> and Nico's right. got second. And this year he got first. All right. Yeah. And Tony and his dad. Uh, both came to cheer him on. I think they were more excited than anyone. <laughs> oh, that's so <laughs> like, sweet. That's great. So yeah, it was great. So you find you find the people that kind of fill in mm -hmm. what you might not necessarily have the skills to do. So in in the discussions that people have, sometimes they're nice discussions, sometimes they're not very nice about you know gay fatherhood. Um, uh, you know, there's often the question of, well, you know, is it appropriate to have children when you when you don't have a woman in the picture, et cetera? And certainly we've had that um, discussion with various people, again, sometimes nicely, sometimes less so. Um, what I think is really kind of interesting and different about your situation is you were mentioning the straight dads, straight single dads, right? Your situation is, doesn't matter whether it's gay or straight, you're the same family scenario as any number of men that are out there. Have you ever had a discussion with a person, a man, a woman, a family member, where they look at you differently as a parent because you're a gay man as opposed to the fact that you're a single man? That's a good question. I think they, sometimes I feel like as a single parent and also as a father, gay or straight they give me a pass on a lot of stuff right which i'll take most of the time because <laughs> yep. you you guys haven't gotten to the school where it's more competitive oh my kid's better at this and my kid's super smart blah 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 but you Alex get a is lot already of there well our there. kids are actually more brilliant and perfect <laughs> than all of the other children maybe except for yours so we don't really have that problem but please tell us about other parents so so yeah i mean i think they give us um they give me a little bit of a past or room or they give me extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Because I do still have help. It's not like, you know, my family's not there even right now watching my kids and making sure they get fed and stuff. Right. So, um, so yeah, I mean, there are things that I always point out, uh, especially in elementary school. At our new school, they do the same exact thing. They have this um, mother, the father-daughter dance and the mother-son bowling. Oh and I was like, God, well, seriously? I'm a gay dad with two sons 
and and of course I write letters. Yeah. <laughs> and so the PTA will send me emails back. Well, of course you're invited. You can come to both. It's <laughs> like that's not what the title says. Only if you're wearing a ball gown. <laughs> I mean, that's what I told my kids. Yeah. I'll come dressed as your mama. Yeah, right. your wig. Oh my like, no, god. No, no. Don't embarrass. That would be us. awesome. We can put pictures up on the podcast page. <laughs> But yeah, yep. so just trying to make everyone else mindful that our family, even though we're not even, I don't have, the kids don't have two dads, and um, but still mindful of those sort of things. And right. and it's funny, because when I pointed it out, one of the other teachers, I was told, she didn't tell me directly, but one of the teachers at their elementary school said, yes, the father-daughter dance and the mother-son bowling doesn't make sense for her and her daughter either, because she's a single parent with a daughter, a single uh, mother with right. a daughter. Right. So I was like, why can't you just... Be more. They always talk about mindfulness, and I'm like, why can't you guys be mindful? <laughs> you guys are pushing it on us. Yeah. Um, so. Do your kids know that you're gay? Oh yeah, totally. I don't think I can hide that. What? Uh, <laughs> how do you? I mean, how do? How do you tell them? I think it was always a part of the conversation, so it was never like a. I don't know. It, it was always, I think I was always very open about it from day one. I mean, yeah, there were three and a half and five. Yeah. So, I mean, the thing is, I would, I think one of the first conversations we had was um, when we were hanging out with other um, gay families. So I said, okay. we're going to go and there's going to be gay dads. That means two yeah. dads. The kids will have two dads or the kids will have two moms. And the one brilliant thing my son Nico said was, but Poppy, we have two dads too. And I was like, what do you mean you have two oh, dads? That's... They're like, well, there's you, and then we have our biological dad. <laughs> oh, my God. He could have three <laughs> if you worked worked it out. He could have three. That's hysterical. Yeah. Wow. So it's just like kids think differently. Yeah. Like they, they don't care. Yeah. They really don't. Um, so, and I think they even feel more comfortable when we do go to Rainbow Family Camp where there's a lot of gay families just because mm -hmm. a lot of the other kids are like them. They're adopted. Right. So at their new school, I have to tell you my stories because we all have our stories. At my new school, um, it's a new school. They can be totally different people. I was telling right. them because we went through the adoption process at their old school, so everyone knew that they were adopted. So I said, it's really your decision. It's your story to tell. I'm not going to tell anyone um, that you're adopted. So my oldest son was like, no, I'm not going to tell anyone. I'm not going to tell anyone that I'm adopted. And my other son was like, I'm going to tell everyone. <laughs> well, that's not going to work out very exactly. well, is it? So yeah. the first day, we were talking about making new friends. And I was like, have you guys made any friends? And Nico said, yes, Poppy, guess what? Guess what? Um, I made a new friend. I won't say his name. And he told me that he's adopted too. And I was like, really? And I was like, did you decide to tell him that you're adopted? And he's like, yeah, I told him I was adopted. And guess what else he said? <laughs> and I said, what did he say? He said, he said that his mom made bad choices too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I'm like, well, I guess we're all using the same language. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I suspect that there's a pretty common vernacular for these kinds of things. That's hysterical. So, wow. I wanted to ask about uh, other, other gay uh, single dads who you said you are in touch with. Oh, sure. I mean, I think my situation is unique because I think most of the other gay dads um, out there are in previous relationships that split up. Okay. So they might have um, baggage mm -hmm. <laughs> that I don't necessarily yeah. have. If you want to yeah. put that on my profile, my new okay, cute Baggage <laughs> free. Baggage free parent. It's <laughs> yeah. good. Um, but but yeah, so I, I think everyone has everyone has a unique um, kind of story. Yeah, because because I think that uh, you know, maybe you feel that we're you you kind of more relate to each other rather than to uh, 
families with the gay with two gay dads and I wanted to ask what what do you think what do you think is your is your biggest biggest challenge as a as a single gay dad because I think something else I think that you the dating but maybe it's not your biggest challenge I'm not as concerned about the dating like I'm pretty content right now I don't know why why <laughs> maybe I think that. maybe it's a yeah <laughs> I think it's a work-life balance I think that's the hardest part for me like even mm-hmm. coming here this week to um, LA for work right knowing that I have to get back this is why we did it on yeah. Monday instead of mm-hmm. Wednesday because back to school nights on Wednesday yeah. <laughs> so I was like I need to get back for back to school night or else I'll feel like I'm not there for them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's my biggest dilemma is just figuring out how to pay the mortgage and <laughs> kind of still be involved in there. Because I do want to be involved. Yeah. So because I, I do get a lot out of um, seeing them um, in Cub Scouts or Little League or, or whatever activities they want to do and, and um, help them as much as I can with any school stuff. So... Mm-hmm. Do you talk about this with other uh, gay single dads? I mean, do you find that uh, it's kind of uh, the biggest challenge? I don't want to say problem, but... Probably. I mean, maybe it's just not a single parent thing. It's just, yeah, just making time mm-hmm. for your kids. It's hard. Yeah. And making time for yourself, too. Mm-hmm. Right. So. so so since the kids entered your life, have you gone away alone somewhere, anywhere? Vegas. Now he's on a business trip. <laughs> no, not a business trip. Not a business um, trip. Well, remember, a lot of my business, <laughs> I do go to Pride events. <laughs> okay, all right. But honestly, Fair most enough. of those business trips, yeah. I'm like, okay, I'm at a Pride event. Should I go to the concert um, or should I just stay and hang out at the hotel room? Right. <laughs> just mm. like relax. Right. Yeah. When so. I go on business trips, uh, you know, my colleagues go out to dinner and I go to the hotel room and just lay in the bed. And I know. Like, it's, God, it's so isn't good it here. Nice for just yeah. like peace and quiet. Oh, it's and, awesome. Um, yeah. Okay. The second year I did go on a trip by myself and I can't even remember where it was. I think I just went to San Francisco. Well, yeah. Made it with some friends. Got it. But um but yeah, I'm due for one of those soon. Right. <laughs> yeah, we're coming toward towards the end and I want to talk a little bit more about adoption and uh, you know parents or, or gay gay dads or just gay men who want to adopt. Uh what's going to be your biggest advice for them? I would definitely just say leave yourself open to the possibility of fostering and adopting. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of misconceptions about um, foster kids, and a lot of it isn't necessarily with the kids. You have to remember the problem was with their parents. Right. Yeah. The kids are great. I mean, every kid is different. If there's certain boundaries that you feel like you can't handle, like if they've been emotionally or physically abused in mm-hmm. some way and you just know you can't handle that, you can say, yeah. I only want, I don't want, I can't handle that. Right, um, right. But otherwise, um, yeah, you can also set parameters around age age ranges, even gender, I think right. they let you say. Um, and you can, and they, they actually, they let you take the, these classes even if you don't want to. You can the take the classes and then get certified and just say no when they call you. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you can learn. You can learn yeah. about the process. Um, they have. Like Does a, it cost any money these classes? I th- the initial orientation is free, and that'll give you a broad overview. I think it's like a one or two hour class, mm-hmm. um, and they you know answer all your questions about you know 
the process and kind of just walk you through the big picture of what you're doing because you eventually get they you have to be um, you know you have to get like certified doing CPR like first aid we didn't oh that. yeah <laughs> I'm telling you they just shoved two children they, all right well before we could leave the hospital they had to check that our car seats were properly installed in the car other than that they had no idea what we knew how to do or what we didn't know. That's really uh, yeah, interesting. One of, the, yeah. one of the final things is they actually do, they have to certify your home. So that was wow. another big, that was a stumbling block for me because I lived in a, a high rise in downtown. So they wouldn't certify it because they, they thought um, I had balconies. Oh. I guess they thought that they would jump. I don't know. Oh. I was like, and I put alarms on them. They were like, no, it's too right. too much liability, I guess. Wow. So that's how I ended up in Hermosa. It, you foster first for a certain amount of time. How long? It all depends on where the kids are in the process. Okay. The if, and here's the, also one of the misconceptions, is that they can go back to their biological family, which is always the goal for the for the county is right. re reunification with the biological family, or what's in the best interest for the kids. But if the kids have already lost, um, if the if they've lost parental rights then that makes them closer to being able to get adopted. Got it. So if you kind of look at fostering kids that have already lost that parental rights, more than mm -hmm. likely it's, they're not going to. It's like where they, they ask you like from one to 10, how much risk do you want to take in terms of them possibly going back? Right. You say, I don't want any risk. Then they're <laughs> yeah. going to give you kids that have already been in the system for a while. Right. So I guess the reason why I'm particularly you. asking is amongst the people that you know, uh, who have adopted um, I'll put it a different way so we didn't have our kids before they were our kids just one day they became our kids and they <laughs> came back to the house with us and that was it and um, I don't know what would have happened if we had had our kids for a few months or two months before we got to decide what to do next because it was brutal for us at the beginning so how many people do you know that fostered and then said from that experience i shouldn't have kids you have to think about it completely differently and it's hard it's hard i'm not gonna lie it's it would be a hard i have a friend that's going through it right now or he already went through it mm -hmm. with the baby right they had him and his husband had for six months i want to say and then they got um reunified with their bio family and he's currently going through the same process where wow. they're considering it again. Right. But if you take the perspective of a one, would that kid's life been of better in a different situation mm -hmm. or would they have been better off with you? And also, you know, even those six short six months, how much can you give that child? You can give them a lot in six mm -hmm. months. I mean, I right. thought it would take a long time to really bond with my kids. I mean, it didn't? You, it didn't take time. No, like they were almost immediately like connected, like clinging and everything else. Maybe I don't know, but they, it happens almost immediately. Maybe not all, with all kids, but with my right. two sons, they immediately bonded with me. Oh, that's um, amazing. So it's like, and that that's a process that I had to remind myself, what's in the best interest of the kid? I'm an adult. I can emotionally, it might be hard, yeah. but I can handle it or I can mm -hmm. try to handle it. But was it best for the kids to be with me for those six months or in another home? Wow. So, you, I mean, we are the adults. Yeah. <laughs> These kids need homes. Speak, <laughs> speak for yourself, <laughs> but understood. <laughs>
Thank you very much, yeah, Calvin. Thank It's you. been you know, really interesting. I always interesting. love talking about kids. Huh? What's that? <laughs> I always love talking about yeah. kids. <laughs> It is That's amazing, too. isn't it? It's you great can just seeing them grow. Yeah. Get, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks. thanks. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Can we do that picture thing? Yes. anyone wants to date him please email me does he is he aware that you're going to do that this is like a form this is a form of attack i like yeah, it I'll, i'll i'll get an, an angry text <laughs> really? message from him in three two one <laughs> there it is um he's a really nice guy and i i i i don't know how he does that i mean you know obviously he gets a lot of help from his mom um and family but um but still like juggling all of this and you know maintaining life and and it's really and he said that uh he doesn't know how people who have full-time job because he's like his own boss yeah how can people uh who have full-time job do it so i just want to ask our listeners if there is anybody who is a single dad with a full-time job and have advice for us on like or have like kind of t- wants to tell his story please contact oh yeah us no we would SQR. love if you have the five minutes that it takes to communicate to with us, us we, we would love that you and know we want to know how you do it because obviously you you must have some tips and tricks uh, up your sleeve i do want to say this one of my takeaways from the, the interview um because before we had it right my my assumption was that what he does is impossible just can't be done can't can't be physically done mm-hmm. and why did i why did i assume that i assumed it because of our own experience yes. and what that leads me to realize is the incredible elasticity of the human um capability and spirit and what i mean is you know there are people who are filthy rich and have 12 nannies and you know one child and uh they and, and their parents are around and they are exhausted by raising their child and there are people who uh are you know a a, a poor uh girl not living. to say that calvin is poor No, wait a minute, I haven't gotten, I'm not talking about it, I'm on the opposite extreme. And then there's a, a poor, you know, 16-year-old or 17-year-old girl who, uh, you know, gave birth and is raising the child by herself, and somehow she is managing to do it, and possibly managing to do it better than the super rich person did. My point being that all along the spectrum of the difficulty of doing this is another factor, which is inside the human mind and and where they are in terms of their preparedness uh and sort of flexibility in handling the change to their lives yeah. i don't think we were i can speak for myself i don't think i was very elastic at the beginning of this process and so therefore it was incredibly traumatic at the beginning for me and i've kind of had to soften and stretch over time You and I what? think that I, this is what he he seems to be a much more elastic person than I was at the beginning. I think that um, we tend to kind of compare ourselves to other people, but in in every case, we're talking about people who had one kid compared to us, but we had two. So having twins, I think in in a sense is so much di- so much more difficult. Uh, not only because there are two, it's only because even if you're two parents, let alone if you're one, but if you're two parents, so you're always going to be occupied. Well, when, when you have one, 
you the parent one parent can be with him and the other one can you know rest or go to the gym or right, do whatever whatever it's not like both of them occupy like we were each with the with the baby right all the time right um, which make us feel a lot lot more um, you know tired and, and exhausted yeah look I agree and I'm sure that twins uh, are are a different and possibly more challenging thing but I guess my point is that you each each parent and his or her situation is based not only on the kind of environmental stuff but on what happens inside that parent's head mm-hmm. and if that parent is more kind of ready to go with the flow of parenting they're gonna have an easier time than another parent who has a lot more support but their brain isn't there yeah I also uh, kind of uh, was this enlightened by something that he said about uh, the gay single gay dads group that they kind of feel like they understand each other more and they like hang out in a, in a in a group um, when they can communicate and have much more mutual problems and, and, and stuff like that which reminded me that you know sometimes we think about gays in general and we tend to forget like how many sub you know subcultures sure. there are in gays um, Uh, that's also uh, I think uh, kind of uh, matching the the gay dad community right well it's true uh, and, and I wonder and why that they haven't overlapped yet like why aren't there like bears with kids and you know SM <laughs> dads are. with kids I, I think maybe these groupings exist I don't really we know. have to to check out hashtags right I think <laughs> on, on Instagram you must have like a gay daddy bear yeah hashtag I'm not sure Even though really, it, yeah. yeah maybe it doesn't have doesn't necessarily mean that they are Uh, actually dads oh that's you know true mean. that's right they could be the, that kind of daddy thing yeah weird daddy um, thing. but uh, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on the um, podcast page uh, the link to the gay dads single gay dads group that yeah. Kevin was talking about so if you are a single gay dad who wants to kind of uh, join that group uh, we'll send you over to them yeah <laughs> I'm sure they love it um, and I think that's it Uh, it sounds good to me can uh, we do sage advice sage advice am I starting sage advice sage advice so so um, it goes back a little bit to my sage advice at last time but I am going to uh, tell you about something that my husband did last week that has stuck with me that I just find amazing it's a little bit about manipulation um, Ben uh, hates changing out of his night clothes and Um, in the morning uh, to get into his you know day clothes to go to the to go to school and all that kind of stuff and it's really challenging and so the other day while he was screaming and yelling about how he doesn't want to change my husband goes into Jan that is goes into the kitchen he gets a little cup of water and I'm like looking at him like what are you doing and he walks over towards Ben and he pretends to trip and fall and spills water all over the child with just a little bit it was, it was just a little bit of water and then he goes oh no and Ben goes oh no now I'm wet and he says now you're wet we're gonna so have sorry. to change your clothes I'm so sorry it was brilliant it was inspirational and it's just my way of saying that you know there's an awful lot of tricker trickery and manipulation that goes into good child rearing well done Jan he's saying that just because uh, we had a little fight just before we, we had recorded. a fight right before the recording that's yeah. true <laughs> Somehow we managed to go through this episode <laughs> without, without strangling each other with a microphone cord. <laughs> But uh, 
couples therapy is coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, I think that's it for All today. Right. Um, so write to us and please uh, rate and review. Uh, you have all the details in the, um, in the podcast page. Rate and re- review us and we love the five stars and we love that you guys criticize us because what would we do if we weren't gays who criticize? That's right. I mean, if, if you didn't cri- criticize me, I would have to just rely on Jan to do it. Which I do all the time. That's true. Alex, have a good week. Have five stars, Jan. Jan.